Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you All right, so I want to continue with my teaching on a subject that I titled Increase in Faith. Increase in Faith. I define faith as the expression of your belief in what God has spoken to you by confessing it and acting on it. The basis for our faith is God's integrity and God's ability. Anytime somebody tells you, I'll do something for you, there are two things you look out for. Number one, is the person an honest person? Can I trust him with what he says? Number two, does he have the ability to do it? For instance, if I tell you I'll give you $1 million tomorrow, the first question is, is Pastor Hubert truthful? Probably yes. Does Pastor Hubert have $1 million to give you tomorrow? The answer is no. So it's when you go home and you start calculating and start promising people and start thinking of uh, your own house, you might be uh, disappointed because tomorrow when you come and meet me, I'll tell you that circumstances beyond my control has made it impossible for me to help you. And day by day, this, are, this is what we go through. That's what the Bible says. Curse is everyone who puts his trust in a human being. That sometimes you meet people who gen- genuinely care about you. They sincerely care about you. And they want to help, but they don't have the means to help. But the question is, if God tells you, I'm going to give you $1 million tomorrow. Number one question, is God honest? The answer is yes. The Bible says God cannot lie. You know, Numbers 23, 19. God is not a human being that he should lie. Inherent in every human being is the propensity to lie. We've all lied before, and forever we will continue to lie once a while. But God cannot lie. So when he tells you, I'll give you $1 million by the end of this year, you can believe because he's truthful. But that alone is not enough. Does God have the ability to give you $1 million by the end of this year? The answer is yes. Because the Bible says that there is nothing impossible with God. There is nothing impossible with God. Luke 137 said, for with God, nothing is impossible. So whatever he tells you is something he has already finished and completed before he speaks to you. So faith simply means this person who has received the promise. Somebody say the promise. Now, when God made a promise to this person that I'm giving you $1 million, this person can now go home and start doing what? Planning what to do with the $1 million. Maybe I buy a land. Maybe I buy a house. Maybe I do this. Maybe you begin to do that. Now, that process in planning to spend the $1 million is the expression of your faith. You can even go about and tell people you are a rich man. You are no more poor. Why? Because somebody who has the money and who is also very reliable and faithful has made you a promise. And that is how faith works. So it is the expression of your belief in what God has spoken to you. If he didn't speak to you, he is not accountable to performing anything. But the good news is that he is always speaking. Revelation 3 verse 6 says that, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Spirit is always saying something. The Spirit is saying something. He that who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says Says means it is something continuing. God is always speaking. Today, I want to talk about the levels of faith. Levels of faith. 
faith operates at different levels. The book of Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So faith can be measured. It can be measured because it's in different levels. So all faith is one, but it operates at different levels. Faith is the one thing. There are not different kinds of faith. There is only one faith. Hello? Yeah, the book of um, Ephesians 4 says that faith is one. Ephesians 4 verse 4. Ephesians 4 verse 4. It said, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. I like Apostle Paul. Look at verse 5. He said, one Lord, one faith, (laughs) one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse 5 says what? One faith. Everybody say one faith. He said, one Lord, one faith. So everybody who is born again has faith because without faith, you cannot be born again. None of us were there when Jesus died on the cross. We heard it, we believed it. None of us saw Jesus when he came into your life. We believe that he has come into our lives. And out of that belief, change began to happen in our lives. That's why Ephesians 2 verse 8, he said, For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you have been saved. Salvation is by grace through faith. Through faith. That's why as many as have not yet believed in Jesus Christ, they are not saved yet, even though Jesus died for them too. So if you are born again here, you have faith. But that faith must grow because faith operates at different level. Faith operates at different levels. Faith is like water. You can have different measures of water. You can have a glass of water. It's still water, isn't it? But you can also have a jar of water, which is a little bigger than a glass of water, which is more in quantity than a glass of water. You can have a bucket of water, which is more in quantity than a jar of water and a glass of water. You can have a drum of water, which is much more than a bucket. But the content is the same. You can even go beyond a drum. You can have a whole well of water in your house, a well of water. You can have a stream. You can have a river. You can have even the sea. It's all water, but at different volumes. What a bucket of water can do for you, a cup of water cannot do it. If you want to bath, a glass of water cannot help you. So you may have water in your house, but it can't do everything for you because the amount you have is small. So the same with faith. We all have faith, but probably what you want, your level of faith can't get it. So your faith must increase. The scripture we've been reading since we started studying on faith, this is the reason why the disciples went to Jesus. In Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. They wanted Jesus to do something that will make their faith increase suddenly. Increase our faith. But let's see the response Jesus gave to them. So the Lord said, if you had Faith as a mustard seed. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. This statement suggests that Jesus was talking to them, and where they were, there was a mulberry tree. 
The mulberry tree in the Bible days in Jewish time is also called a sycamore tree. They are interchangeably used. They are the same kind of tree, the sycamore tree. And uh, sometimes you hear like Zacchaeus climbed a, a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was very short. So he wanted to take advantage of uh, the tree to increase his height. There's something very peculiar about the sycamore tree or the mulberry tree. But before that, Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. What is a mustard seed? In Bible days, or let's say in Jesus' day, the mustard seed was one of the smallest seeds in Israel. That means that the seeds are very, very, very small, very tiny. So Jesus was using illustrations of things that was very common around them at that time. The mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world today, but in Jesus' day, in Israel where they were, the mustard seed was one of the smallest. So he said, your faith can be very small, and yet you can look at the mulberry tree. Now, there's something peculiar about the mulberry tree. It's a tree that doesn't grow too deep into the ground, but it grows very wide. That is the first thing about the, the roots of the mulberry tree. The other thing about the root is that they, the roots interlock. They, it, they weave into each other, and then they keep spreading. And it said that the roots of the mulberry tree can sometimes, or the sycamore tree can sometimes go as far as 200 meters long. And so one of the most difficult trees to uproot in Israel because of its root system is the mulberry tree. Now, so Jesus was talking to them and said, look at this tree and look at the way its roots are. So that's an example of a tree. It's, it grows quite big. So Jesus was saying, look at this tree. Look at its roots. If you have faith as small as the mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be uprooted. So Jesus was trying to say that faith can do some of the most difficult things in this life. Some of the things that are considered most difficult to do when you have faith and you begin to exercise it. Luke 17 verse 5. The whole issue about faith and its growth is the way you put it to use. Faith never grows until you put it to use. If you sit down and think one day your faith, will just, your faith will just grow by itself, it never happens. Faith is like exercising or maybe going to the gym and lifting weight. The, the muscles of your body can grow bigger, stronger, based on how much time you exercise. Most of the people you see very big, we call them macho people, they were not born like that. They went to the gym and they started lifting weights and started doing a lot of things and their muscles began to grow. So he said, you will say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. So faith grows to the extent to which it is practiced. Faith is supposed to be a daily practice in your life. Faith is supposed to be something that you practice, and as you practice it more, it grows. And as it grows, you are able to achieve more in life. You are able to accomplish more. You are able to receive more because you cannot receive more than the level of your faith. That's what Jesus said to the, the blind people in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Let's look at Matthew 9, verse 29. You cannot receive more than the level of your faith. He said, he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, 
let it be to you. According to your faith. You will only receive according to your faith. To the level of your faith. To the level of your faith. That's why the apostles came to Jesus and said, increase our faith. Because they realized that they, they didn't have enough faith and they couldn't do much. So Jesus said to the, he said, the blind people, it is according to your faith. Somebody say, according to my faith. Today, I want you to understand that you need to learn how to practice your faith daily. Romans 1.17 says that the just shall live by faith. The just or the righteous. He said, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That means from one level of faith to another level of faith. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Do you know this scripture means that if a child of God decides to be, begin to live by faith, what will happen? He will see God's righteousness manifesting in his, in his life from one level of faith to another. He said from faith to faith. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Somebody say from faith to faith. I pray today that your faith will grow from one level to another. In the name of Jesus. I pray that your faith will grow from one level to another. So the just shall live by faith. You know, this scripture is saying that you are supposed to be living by faith. Because you are a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. You are supposed to be living by faith. You are not supposed to be living by unbelief. You are not supposed to be living in doubt. You are supposed to be living by faith. Because it takes faith to overcome the challenges of this world. We live in very difficult times. Now you can't even tell when price of things will go up. It's like every day you wake up, you are, you are ready for the worst. Yeah. And it's not all over the world. It's all over the world. You talk to people everywhere in the world. Prices are changing on daily basis at the shops. What you buy with 10 CDs today, you may buy 15 CDs tomorrow. People are confused. And yet, salaries are the same. Inflation is, is on the rise everywhere in the world. But if in these times that we live in, the only way to survive and to still continue to enjoy the goodness of God is to live your life by faith. Yeah, you don't live your life at any other way. You live it by faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, when you live by faith, you overcome the challenges of, the, of this life. You, you deploy the supernatural to work in your life. Because life is more than the natural. Life is, then, is in the natural and also in the supernatural. Let me say that again. Life is in the natural and also in the supernatural. Only faith takes you into the supernatural. Only faith releases the supernatural to work in your life. If you are not working by faith, you live in the natural. And when you live in the natural, you will suffer what others are suffering. Let me say that again. If you live in the natural, you will suffer what others are suffering. But if you live in the supernatural, you rise above where people are suffering. Yeah, you operate in the realm where God is working. And the realm where God is working, there are no impossibilities. There are no impossibilities. He said, with God, all things are possible. So you have to learn to exercise your faith that the impossibilities will become possible. When you read the Bible and you see the things God has done in the midst, Red Sea opening for people to walk on dry ground. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews, said, by faith, the Red Sea opened. 
They walked on dry ground. It didn't happen by accident. Moses believed God to intervene at a time when everybody was saying, we are dead. And the Red Sea opened. And they walked through. Because Moses believed God has not brought us this far to leave us in the middle of the road. And I came to tell somebody today, before Putin decided to go to Ukraine, God already knew what would happen. And he had prepared concerning how we will survive and continue to see our dreams come true. He had it all figured out. But if you don't trust him, if you don't exercise your faith and believe in him, you begin to suddenly find yourself complaining the way everybody is complaining. Faith takes you away from the natural. The Bible said in John chapter 3 from verse 6, he that is born of the flesh is flesh. All of us, we are human, but we are also spiritual. We are also spirit beings. Yeah, we are a spirit living in the body, and we have a soul. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you are a spirit being. You cannot live the rest of your life like a, like a natural person. Yeah, and the only way to switch from here, look at verse 8. He said, the wind blows where it likes. You can hear the sound of the wind, but you cannot tell where the wind is coming from, where it's going. He said, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. So when you are born of the Spirit, when you are born of the Spirit, that means when you are born again, the Spirit of God lives in you, your life is supposed to be supernatural. Your life is not supposed to be natural. That means I must not suffer what an unbeliever is suffering. I must not complain when an unbeliever is complaining. I must not fall where the unbeliever is falling. And this morning, I pray over somebody that where others are falling, you will stand. In the name of Jesus. That is why your faith must be strong. I said that is why your faith must be strong. Romans 8 verse 6. He said to be carnally minded is death. Carnal mind means natural thinking. You relate with life naturally. No faith. There are church going people who have no faith in God. Life is natural. They live like a typical unbeliever who has no God. He said to be carnally minded. So the whole thing is of your mind. Who are you? Who are you? To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Life and peace. So it is faith that makes you to begin to live the life of the supernatural. Mark 9.23. Mark 9.23. Mark 9.23. I want us to read it together. Ready, go. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes, not to him who goes to church. You can be going to church all your life until you begin to believe impossibilities will be there in your life. He didn't say all things are possible to him who prays. He didn't say all things are possible to him who sings. He said all things are possible to him who believes. A question I want to ask you, what do you believe? Everything you believe will come to pass. If you believe you will amount to nothing, you will amount to nothing. If you believe that the times that we're in, you will never prosper, you will never prosper. If you believe that the times that we are in, is life will be difficult for you, it will be difficult for you. If you believe that the times that we are in, God can still take care of you and your household. God will take care of you and your household. If you believe... That despite the difficulties and the hardship, all your dreams for 2022 will still come to pass. It will come to pass. All things are possible to him 
who believes. You need to know how to exercise your faith. Faith grows as you put it to practice. Faith grows as you exercise it, as you put it to practice. And how do you put it to practice? Jesus said, look at the mulberry tree. In other words, look at the impossibilities in your life and begin to speak to them. Now, I want to take you through six things, six critical practices that can help your faith to increase. Number one, read your Bible regularly. That's why nothing can be better this year than a Bible reading challenge. For me, it's better than to to earn a million dollars. Nothing can be better than the ability to read through the whole Bible in a year. You won't understand me now, but you will one day. Read your Bible regularly. Isaiah 34, 16. He said what? Search from the book of the Lord and do what? Read. And do what? Some people are not saying because you've not been reading the Bible. Search from the book of the Lord and do what? Read. Read. Why? He said, not one of these shall fail. Not one shall lack her mates, for my mouth has commanded it, and his spirit has guarded them. Not one, not one of the promises of God you come across in the Bible will fail in your life. You need to read it first and know that, oh, there's even a promise like that. And a powerful thing about reading the Bible is that when you read it, the Holy Spirit gives you more understanding, more insight. How many can testify to that? Those of you who are still reading, read your Bible. Why? Because the scripture says it clear. Faith comes by hearing God's voice. And how do you hear God's voice? From the word of God. So when you read God's word, you hear God more. God will never tell you anything outside of the scriptures. Do you know what it means? It means any voice you hear saying do something that is contrary to the word of God is not a voice of God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Hearing comes by the word of God. So how do I know is God speaking to me? Is it in line with scripture? Does it conform to scripture? Is it according to scripture? Read the Bible constantly. So I want to encourage everybody here, have a Bible. I thank God for electronic Bibles on phones, tablets, and everything, but I still believe you need to have a Bible. If you are in town and you are busy and all that, you can take your phone and read on it. But if you are home, have a Bible that you can read and mark things in it. And mark things you read, have a Bible, and read it every day. Your faith will begin to grow because you will receive more of God's voice and promises in your life. In the name of Jesus. Number two, meditate on God's word daily. Meditate on God's word daily. Joshua 1.8, it said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. That means meditation is supposed to be a daily practice. In fact, it should be twice a day. That means morning you meditate on the word, evening you meditate on the word. The morning one prepares you for the challenges of the day. The evening one takes you through the challenges of the night. Because there are challenges of the night. He said meditate on his word. What does it mean to meditate? It means to ponder on the scripture. It means to think through. It means you probe. You keep the word in your mind and keep thinking about it and keep asking yourself questions and keep tossing it in your mind and keep looking through and keep probing and say, you know, why did Jesus say this? What does this word mean? What does this mean? You know, meditation is what makes you able to explain the scripture very well because sometimes you hear people talking on a scripture. You say that they they haven't taken their time to do justice to the, the text because they rush through it. But meditation makes you take your time and break the word down. Because you are thinking through and understanding is coming. Specific words are very important. And that is it. So meditation, you keep the word in your mind. 
Keep the word in your mind. And as you meditate on it, and meditate on it, understanding comes to you. And anytime you understand God's word, it becomes easy for you to practice it. It becomes easy for you to exercise your faith. If you understand anything, it's easy for you to do. So you meditate on the word. Keep it on your mind. And then your spirit becomes filled with the word. You know what Jesus said in, in John chapter 15 verse 7? Jesus said something in John 15 7. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. If you abide in me, how do you abide in Christ? You give your life to Jesus and you maintain your relationship with Christ. And my words abide in you. How does the word of God abide in you? When you read it all the time and meditate on it, you meditate on the word all the time, your spirit becomes filled with the word. You meditate on it. Jesus said, you come to the place where everything you ask, it will be done. Because you will never open your mouth to ask God for something that is out of his will for your life. Your life will literally be resonating at the frequency of God's will. May that be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Number three, declare God's word over your life always. Declare God's word over your life always. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. It says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? God was speaking to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, My word is like fire. Somebody say fire. So anytime you quote the word in the spirit realm, the words that come out of your mouth is like fire. It is like fire. That means it carries the consuming energy that fire carries. And not only that, it's like a hammer that has the power to break the rock into pieces. So every time you keep declaring the word of God over your life, you are breaking the impossibilities in your life situations. Every challenge in your life, there is a promise of God that deals with it. You need to find it and begin to declare it. That's why Joshua 1, he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Your mouth. Keep speaking the word over your life. I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. That's what the scripture said. He said, with long life, I'll satisfy you. Yeah, the number of your days, God said he will fulfill. You cannot keep quoting these scriptures every day you dream that you see that you, are, you have died. How will you have such a dream? The reason why you, you have such dreams is because you are not speaking the word over your life. Yeah, you need to keep speaking the word of God over your life every day. The blessing of the Lord maketh people rich and add no sorrow. And I am a child of God and God has blessed me. Therefore, I am rich. I may not have any money in my pocket, but I am rich. I may be in debt, but I'm rich. God is my source and my provider. You keep speaking it. What you say is what comes to pass in your life. What you say is what comes to pass in your life. You must learn how to keep speaking the word of God over your life. I am the head and not the tail. I shall be above only and not beneath. That means there is no place for me under. I refuse to be under. I am the head. I shall remain above only. That is where I belong. The top is where I belong. Yeah, you keep speaking the word of God. Listen, every season, that's why we have prophetic word for every year. That's why we have prophetic word for every month. Those things are not just there for you to just be excited about. 
Prophetic word is not something to give you emotional relief. It's not for entertainment. It is something you carry and begin to speak and begin to work with. You begin to confess the word of the Lord over your life. Yeah, that is what you do. You must consciously do it. You must consciously do it. Second Peter 1.18, he says, But we have a more sure word of prophecy, which is the scripture. The, most, the highest level of prophecy is the word of God. Prophecies of men can fail. Prophecies of men can have errors, but the word of God has no error in it. God edited it seven times, took out all the error, and packaged it together. You cannot stick your life on it and ever get it wrong. Never. Verse 19, he said, And we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in darkness. A light that is shining in darkness. So as you speak the word of God over your life all the time, instead of waiting for somebody to give you a prophecy one day, prophesy over your life every day. Yeah. How, Pastor, how do I prophesy over my life? Take the word of God. Speak it over your life. That is more powerful than what anybody will say against you. Yeah. Take the word of God. Now, I've come to realize that Anytime you keep confessing a particular scripture over and over and over, your spirit picks it up and it builds a strong dynamics of faith. Let me give you an example. When I gave my life to Jesus, I used to fear a lot. Anytime I hear about demons, I used to, when I say, let's pray and bind demons, ah, I don't, I don't do it because I have a lot of fear. So one day I just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me that begin, confess this scripture over your life. No weapon formed against me will prosper. After one year, I have never been afraid. I've gone to all manner of places. I've gone to break down shrines, burn things, destroy. I've never, ever woke up one day and said, hey, let's be careful. Satan will attack me. It has never crossed my mind since. Why? Because I, I, I kept confessing that word until now it has become a part of my life. It has become a part of my life. Any word you take, you believe, and you begin to speak, over time, it becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of you. The Bible said Jesus took our infirmities and carried our disease in his body on the cross. You may be sick now, but start saying it over your life every day. And said, Jesus took my infirmity on the cross. He carried my diseases in his body on the cross. By his stripes, I'm healed. I declare I am healed and I'm healthy. Say this over time. See what will happen. That sickness will leave you. Because sickness cannot stay at a place where the word of God. He said, I will make my word in your mouth like fire. He said, I will make my words in your mouth like fire. He said, therefore, that says the Lord, God of hosts, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire. And these people would. And the fire will what? Devour them. Your problems can become like wood. When you put the word of God in your mouth, he said, it's not my word like fire. And like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Instead of confessing the problem every day, start confessing the solution. That's why God said to Isaiah, say to the righteous, it shall be well with him. Say to the righteous. Somebody little right and say, it is well with me. Oh, I can't hear. Somebody say, it is well with me. It is well with my marriage. It is well with my children. It is well with my business. It is well with my health. It is well with my life. My life is going forward. It is well with me. Put your hands together if you believe it. Every day you get up and say, it is well with me, you are quoting scripture. It is in the Bible. Isaiah 3.10. 
He said, it shall be well with you, and you shall eat the fruit of your labor. Every time you wake up in the morning and say, my going out and my coming in is blessed, it is in the scripture, Psalm 121, verse 7. He said, the Lord will preserve your going out and your coming in from henceforth and forevermore. So you declare, I am going out, I will come back safe. My children will go out and come back safe. In the name of Jesus, you will not die in the middle of the road. You will come back safe. He said, a thousand shall fall on my left, ten thousand on my right, but it shall not come near me. Many will fall by my side. Many will, will, will fail around me. But I will not be a failure. Somebody shout and say, I cannot be a failure. Somebody shout and say, I cannot be a failure. God is, God is on my side. You don't know what the Bible said? He said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, there is no enemy that can defeat you if you keep speaking the word of God over your life. Somebody say, God is on my side. Somebody say, God is fighting for me. Somebody say, God is helping me. I cannot fail. I cannot be defeated. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Do you know what the Bible said? He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I am more than a conqueror. Even if I'm down, I'm more than a conqueror. Even if I'm in debt, I'm more than a conqueror. Even if things are bad for me, I am more than a conqueror. Even if I lost my job, I am more than a conqueror. Oh, even if my business collapsed, I am more than a conqueror. Oh, even if my marriage didn't work, I am more than a conqueror. It has nothing to do with my marriage. It has nothing to do with my business. It has nothing to do with my pocket. It has nothing to do with my bank account. It has everything to do with the word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. If you keep speaking the word, your problems will pass away. Your marriage problems will pass away. The problem with your children, they will pass away. The problem with your finances, they will pass away. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Confess the word of God over your life. For the rest part of this year, I want you to wake up every day. You see, that's why it's good to read your Bible. That's where you find the weapons and the missiles. The missiles that come from the scripture, they don't fail. They have 100% precision. They hit targets without explanation. The devil can hide in the hole. The word of God will locate them. So confess the word of the Lord. It increases your faith. The fourth is associate with people of faith. Your association determines your life experience. One wise man said, you are the average of the five closest people to you. So constantly make an audit of the people closest to you and ask yourself, are they helping me going forward or they are pulling me backward? And don't apologize when there's a need for you to distance yourself from people. Don't work with people who don't have faith. All your faith will disappear. There are some people when they talk to you, and I'm talking about even Christians, church-going people. There are some people when they talk to you, all your faith will go. You will become sad. You will feel discouraged, depressed. You will feel like you are, you, that's why you are failed completely. Beyond repairs. Like, they will make you feel like there's no hope for you. Don't hang around people who, make, who tell you there's no hope. Because I came to tell you there's hope for you. Yeah. You didn't say amen. I said, I came to tell you today, despite your situation, there's hope for you. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. And you are better than the way you look. You are greater than your bank account. You are greater than how you are now. Where you are cannot define you. Where you are is not your permanent address. Where you are is temporary. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't look for me at my old address. Because my address is changing now. Look for people who will encourage you. 
Look at me, when you talk to them, your faith is multiplied, amplified. Your faith is challenged. You feel positive. You feel like, I can make it. I can, I can do it. Look for people who make you feel like, you, I, I can do it. And I, and I want you to know, you can do it. You can make it. Amen. Amen. The last one, listen to anointed preaching. Listen to anointed preaching. Are you receiving faith? It is because the preaching is anointed. Don't listen to people who depress you. Any preaching that depresses you is not from God. Listen to anointed preaching. I'll show you scripture. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1 18. He said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is what? The power. The, if you give me the King James, it actually says the preaching of the cross. That's why I brought that scripture. He said, for the preaching of the cross. It's foolishness to unbelievers, but for us, it carries power. So when you listen to anointed preaching all the time, your faith will grow because the power of God is being released. Jesus said in John 6, 63, most of you know this, he said, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and life. Spirit and life. When you listen to anointed preaching, you are receiving the spirit of life. And I like Ezekiel chapter 2. Ezekiel chapter 2 from verse 1 and 2. He said, and the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, stand on your feet. That means, what was he doing? Sitting or, or lying down? At least he wasn't standing. Because God cannot tell someone who is standing to stand. Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Look at verse 2. Then the spirit entered me. <laughs> so when God speaks to you, he doesn't depend you to use your own energy to carry it out. Anything God says to you, the power of God is releasing to you to make it happen. So the man is lying down, depressed, discouraged, and then God came and said, I want to talk to you. Stand up. He said, suddenly, the spirit entered me when he spoke to me. The spirit entered me when he spoke to me. The spirit entered me when he spoke to me. So when God is speaking to you, the spirit is entering you. So as I'm preaching to you now, the faith is entering you because the spirit of God is entering your spirit. I tell pastors, I said, catch one poor man down and preach prosperity to him. He will prosper. People become what they hear under the anointing. Preach failure to somebody. The anointing will make him a failure. That is why it is dangerous who you listen to. Because when somebody carries the anointing, he can either kill you or keep you alive. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That is why I don't want my members listening to every kind of preacher. Because some preachers can kill you. Death and life is in the power. You see, the anointing is on my life now. Are you hearing me? If I begin to speak evil against you, eh, the evil will happen. God will judge me later, but you to your life has been destroyed. And there are many preachers God will judge one day. But what about the people, innocent people whose life were destroyed? That is why you are responsible for what you hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime I'm watching preaching, in the, I tell myself, this is my television. I choose who I watch. I choose who I watch. I said, I choose who, this is my television. I bought it with my money. That man on the screen, he's not the one who bought it for me. The fact that you appear does not mean I should listen to you. The fact that somebody appeared on your screen, there's no mean you should listen. The fact that somebody, somebody forwarded something to you, there's no mean you should listen to it. You need to listen to anointed preaching. The spirit entered me when he spoke. When he spoke. That is why I'm happy that our church, we are on podcast. I said everybody 
download a podcast app on your phone and look for anointed preachers like Dr. Mensah Otago, like Reverend Henry Hubert. Yeah, you should listen to my preaching. If you come to me in my spare time when I'm not doing anything, you will hear preaching on my phone. You hear preaching on my phone. Either I'm listening to Dr. Otterville, I'm listening to, t- I mean, if I'm driving in town, I'm listening to preaching. Every spare time I have, I'm listening to preaching. I'm listening to preaching all the time. If I'm in my car driving, I'm, I'm listening to preaching. Either I'm listening to Dr. Otterville, I'm listening to Pastor Eric, I'm listening to T.D. Jakes, I'm listening to Bishop Oyedepo, I'm listening to Bishop to the Bisman, I'm listening, I'm listening to preaching, good preaching. I'm listening to good preaching all the time because I want to know how to preach good and I want my faith to grow and increase. I want my faith to grow and increase. Listen to anointed preaching. And the last one is what? Meditate on past testimonies. Sometimes when the devil comes to you and tells you, you see your life, you see where you are. I thought you said God is good. Look at your life. You don't even have what to eat. Stand in the mirror and look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look at the way you look. You, you say you go to church. You say God is good. Show me God is good in this house. From the kitchen to the fridge to everywhere. Sometimes the devil comes to you and says, take your phone. Go to your SMS message. Look at, read your accounts, your bank accounts. But when the devil began to talk to you, one of the things you can do is ask, has God done anything good for you before? Has God done anything good for you before? <laughs> Sometimes that will rush the devil out of your life. Has God done anything good? If you can't remember the testimony of yesterday, you you cannot face the challenge of today. If you cannot remember the testimony of yesterday, you cannot face the challenge of today. This is what David said. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. David said to Saul, he said, I was taking care of my father's sheep. A lion came, and I killed the lion by the help of God. Another day, I was taking care of my father's sheep. A bear came, and I killed the bear by the help of God. He said, the same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear, he will deliver me from Goliath. The same God will help me to kill a lion and a bear. He will help me to kill Goliath. He said, so don't worry. God will help me. I'll go and come back alive. Testimony. If you can remember what God did for you yesterday. And sometimes not even in your life alone. People around you. You can remember the things God has done for people. And you can say, no, God is not a liar. God is not evil. It's only a matter of time. I'll keep trusting him. I'll keep waiting on him. If God has brought you this far, he will not leave you in the middle of the road. I came to tell somebody this morning, God did not bring you this far to disgrace you. I said, God did not bring you this far to disgrace you. Maybe your marriage has a challenge. God did not help you to get married and then leave you in problems. I want to say that again. God didn't help you to get married. And then after marriage, he leaves you in problems. If you can always wake up every day and be grateful to God, I thank you that people are still praying for a married partner. But at least I am married. But I know that you will help me to marry. You can also help me through this challenge. But maybe you, you are married, but the marriage broke up. I want to tell you, the experience you have from the breakup is a blessing. You can wake up every day and say, God, I thank you that my marriage broke up, but my life is not broken. Oh, can I preach to somebody here? (laughs) Do you know how many people are in asylum because their marriage broke up? And you are here together looking nice, ready to mingle again. Hey, wake up, Father, I thank you that I am going to marry again, but I have learned lessons that will make my marriage better than the previous one. There is always something to thank God for. If you can look at what God did yesterday, if God help you to start the school, the course, he will, take, he will see you through to finish. If God gave you a car, thank him for giving you a car. Stop complaining about fuel. 
God will fuel the car. He did not give you a car so that you'll be, worship, you'll be worshiping the car in the house. He gave you a car so that you can go around with it. Believe God every day. God gave me a car. He'll give me money to fuel it. He'll give me money to maintain it. God did not bring you this far. Lift up your right hand and say, God did not bring me this far to disgrace me. I declare over my life, I'll go forward. I will make it in the name of Jesus. I am not a failure. I am not a loser. I am not a nobody. God has an assignment on my life. God has a purpose for my life. My life is going somewhere in the name of Jesus. My future is greater than my past. It doesn't matter what I've been through. God is on my side. He's helping me. He's fighting for me in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for my life. I appreciate you, Lord, for my life. I thank you for how I am. However I am, I appreciate you. I thank you in the name of Jesus because this is not my end. This is not my end. This is not my end. Put your hands together if you believe it. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that your faith will increase and grow. I rebuke every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of fear and unbelief in your life. I command it out. May the Lord increase your faith. And as your faith increases, may you see more and more and more in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.